Brody, we're back with another episode of Behind the Vinyl. This time we're joined again by Simon Lund, uh, author, writer for Sweden Rock Magazine, uh, music encyclopedia, and um, we're talking about Pantera's vulgar display of power album because we've just eclipsed the 30th anniversary of that record and um, it kind of um, it was a big record for myself and a big record for Simon and, and not as big a record for Nicholas but he's obviously very very aware of it and uh, listen to it a lot so we uh, we have a nice little chat about that so enjoy the chat with Simon and we will talk to you soon Simon, how are you, mate? Hey, I'm I'm good. How are you? Good. Welcome back to Behind the Vinyl. So, recurring role. This is your kind of your third time, but your second time that it's going to see the air. We still have a floating Marilyn Manson, uh, uh, like behind the vinyl that we did with you, which we should put out now, considering the circumstances. We should put it out now because that was a good chat. Yeah. Hell yeah. What What happened? What did I miss? The Marilyn Manson one that we did. Yeah? Yeah. Are the circumstances better now? Yeah, totally. <clears throat> well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, um, I'm going to sit on the fence here. I'm not going to comment anymore on that, but, um, <laughs> that's a dark hole we're going into. Anyway, uh, all right. <laughs> good, good to talk to you again, man. Um, basically on the, uh, just after the anniversary, the 30th anniversary of Vulgar Display of Power from Pantera. So um, what better record to do than that? Yeah, there we go. Yep. Uh, I don't really want it to be 30 years, but uh, I, I've accepted it now and, uh, and, and we can move forward. Well, the gray hairs in your beard suggest that it is 30 years. <laughs> yes, um, uh, I, I, I want it to look distinguished. So it's... it's <laughs> Well, when was um, both of you guys? When was your introduction to Pantera? Was it was it with Vulgar or was it with Cowboys? Or were you one of the few that actually got into them before that? Age before beauty, Nicholas. Oh, nice one. Uh, <laughs> I thought we should rename the po- we could rename the podcast Simon Says since he's been on it so many times. <laughs> uh, uh, well, honestly. Back, I mean, 30 years ago, 1992, I was, I was studying to become a teacher, and um, I don't think Pantera was on my radar, radar more than you know, seeing a video here and there. I was totally into that. Was my fusion yes kind of period in life? I was totally into Gina Vanelli and the Rippingtons and Lee Rittenauer and stuff like that. And listening to metal and, and, and so on, um, dream theater and stuff like that. But I think Pantera for me was something that came way later. Uh, right, you had I, basically you had you basically had the same answer for KOSAD with Sepultura, didn't you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. But it was. I wasn't. I wasn't into that that kind of heaviness back then. For some reason, I listened to a lot of metal, but a lot of the classic stuff that I grew up with. And, and then I dove into 
that whole fusion thing and Gina Manelli and Jay Graydon and, and softer stuff. And I did that for a while. Um, and then later on, I, I got into, um, yeah, stuff like Pantera and, and Machine Head and, and all that stuff. But uh, I've never been, a, I've never been a huge fan. I like the stuff, but Pantera hasn't really played a, uh, a role in my life, so to speak. All right. Um, well, I was 15, I guess. Do, do you know which date it actually came out? Uh, 92. Yeah, yeah 20th, but which? 25th of oh. February. Yeah. All right. So I don't think I... Uh, I was in eighth grade. I hadn't started drinking beer yet. Um, uh, but once beer came into into effect, I was... Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> there was a good soundtrack um but no i think ninth grade um uh so later that year i guess because i had just discovered uh met like metallica and uh, guns and roses and and stuff like that i wasn't really into very much into to heavy metal and hard rock and so on before that a little bit but i didn't really have a taste in music it was it, it happened in 92 Late '92, and then '93 uh, is when it took off. Um, but yeah, so Pantera, I uh, it was vulgar display of power. It was it was the, it was my introduction, and I remember, uh, besides it being a, a walk and fucking hostile being features at at the parties, I remember also being at one of those. Not sure what you call it in English, but language trips when you when you go to uh, you know England or France or whatever and spend a month and learn the language. Um, and I was in Torquay, Torquay, whatever the home yep, of Torquay, uh, yep. yeah, home of Faulty Towers. Exactly. Um, in '93, so when I was 15, and I remember there was a disco at an old church, and they played every time us Swedes came, and there were like we were. All over the place, they play rock set uh, or you know ABBA, whatever fucking crap, as Ace of Base and that shit. <laughs> but they would also play Walk. So you you know, so it was disco music <laughs> in uh, in '93. So we'd walk into this church and you have all these 15 year olds um, running around, and then Walk comes on. So that was, I mean. 15 year old you you'd love anything if, if you're into that kind of music you don't care which song plays and i mean walk is completely wrecked by all the all the airtime it's got it's not wrecked but but it's still i mean it's a it's a it's a genius song Just say- 
have records in Australia in 1992? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and TV, like someone asked me the other day. They had TV? Yeah, we, we had. I, I actually got into um, Cowboys from Hell. I remember getting Cowboys from Hell and um, putting it on one night. I remember buying it on a Friday. I used to always buy records on a Friday and putting it in and listening to it and thinking it was the closest thing to the devil's music I'd ever heard. It was really kind of scary and flipping it over and it was a cassette flipping it over and listening to it again and then flipping it over and listening to it again. And I kind of couldn't sleep for a long time because I just kept listening to this record. It was weirdly um, hypnotic, you know? Um, so, so when Volga come out, I, I was kind of into the band already. So it was one of those, one of those bands i'm a little bit older than you simon so it was mm -hmm. one of those bands that i was kind of more in that um you know probably 18 around about 18 early coming into 19 so i was i was very much submerged in in music and metal um mm -hmm. so when that record when that record popped it was like a hallelujah moment it was so um it was such a great great record I, I remember now. I actually bought it in Turkey. In Turkey? So, yeah. So I, I remember that now. Just uh, um, I, I'd heard it before, but I bought it when I was there. Yep. So uh, yeah. no, it was definitely one of those uh, teenage, uh, uh, exp uh, you know, discovering music sort of thing. That I, it was Pantera and Sepultura and, and Tomb Metallica uh, and so on. So it yep. was. It was it was one of the big records. Yeah. See, it's, it's, it's funny that everyone mentions Entombed and uh, what else do you mention from over here? There's little records like that, Entombed, and even In Flames and all that kind of stuff. That in Australia didn't really, that was very niche. Mm. You know, and, and like you talk about those big records, Metallica, which I, I think is great. You know, I, I, I love Entombed, you know. But when you talk about Metallica, for me, Metallica, Guns N' Roses, um, uh, what else, like Chaos AD, you know, stuff like that uh, were, were the big records. Pantera, Volga Display, they were the big records. There wasn't, it's probably like you guys talking about Carcass or, or um, you know, Morbid Angel or something. That's like where Entombed was. It was very, very niche in Australia. So it's funny to hear you put them in, in that. I've heard that before. You know that they were so influential over here. No, they were, and they were playing everywhere, and yep. and uh, they were the first uh, of those bands. Yeah, and especially Wolverine Blues in '93. That's when it, when they also became sort of you no, know, not commercial, but a little bit more easy easy listening. Um, so yeah, no, they no, they were they were big here.
Speaking of easy listening, uh, first single from the record, first album, the first song on the record was was Mouth of War. That's that's far from easy listening, man. <laughs> True. Was that the first single? That was that was the first single. Yeah, and oh. I can remember that video coming through too. It's it's ultimately like they um, this record didn't go to number one. I can't remember where it went to. Um, but it was uh, the album that followed it that uh, that went to number one, uh, mm-hmm. Far Beyond Driven. I think that was that that went to number one. But um, yeah, Mouth of War. It was, it was like they really didn't didn't know what they were getting themselves in for at that stage because Mouth of War wouldn't have been. It would have been Walk. It would have probably been Walk or This Love. Probably Walk that would, should have been the the first single. Um, mm-hmm. But instead, they went with. Uh, you know, one of the heaviest songs on the record. Yeah. yeah probably. Heaviest and disjointed. It was a very disjointed. I, I find, I still to this day find a Mouth of War, I like it, 
but I find it's a very yeah. disjointed song. It's not an obvious hit. <laughs> no, no. No, I don't know. It's, I guess it's, um, I mean, what they were doing, this, I realize that if, if we do these, this show, uh, every time we do this show, it'll be a, a grunge versus metal sort of theme if we do, uh, <laughs> if we do albums from my youth. And uh, I mean, this is, Pantera is, uh, you know, we're the saviors of metal in, at this point. Uh, because they did something completely different from what everyone else in metal was doing. Um, I mean, they were still cowboys from hell, and even going back further, it was more classical. Um, I mean, on cowboys from hell, it's, it's a little bit more of the classical metal and thrash. And now you're going to hardcore thrash sort of mixture instead, and this groovy, beady sort of thing. So I guess they probably didn't know what was going to be, uh, you know, single material either. Yeah. Hey, I'm just going to run with that thread a little bit, uh, that grunge again, grunge and metal, and um, and Pantera being so metal. What What's so different from Pantera and some of these grunge bands? What's so different from Pantera and, um, and Alice in Chains or Soundgarden, you know? Alice in Chains maybe had the shorts and all that kind of stuff, but so did so did Dime, you know, and and um, mm-hmm. Alice in Chains might wasn't, have had. The- wasn't wasn't Pantera just like? Um, for me, Pantera is heavier. It's more metal than I would say Alice in Chains, or or that whole Seattle scene with Soundgarden and all that stuff. For me, Pantera is is way more metal and 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 way more. I mean, it's not brutal in any way, but compared to those bands, for me, it's brutal. There was a um, there was a darkness to Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and all that stuff, um, and different. I, I think like more more melodic in a way, even though it was dark. That stuff was me- more melodic than than I think Pantera. Pantera was way more in your face, so to speak. For me, Pantera, Pantera is brutal, and because of its, uh, because of the aggression of it, yeah, you just take the cover of Vulgar Display of Power with that guy that they obviously paid to get hit in the face or yeah. something, <laughs> and and it's, I mean, it's a brutal sort of uh, visual thing, yeah. and and the music is in your face, sort of, uh, uh, and 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 Phil and Selmo is in your face, everything yeah. in your face while you have. Alice in Chains is more, you know, singer-songwriter, hard rock uh, yeah, in a way. <laughs> kind of, uh, uh, what's it in English? VM mood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, uh, I don't know what that is. Um, Look, I, I don't disagree yeah, with yeah. you, and I'm being a bit of a bitch here, but you could argue that point, man, because um, there's not much of a difference between walk and... Um, Say man in the box, for instance, you know, in regards well, to no, no, the the riffs are fairly similar. I can agree with that. And 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 that and that kind of vibe, or even rooster in this love, you know, you know, you've mm. kind of got that dropping from from you know lighter guitar into to heavier. I I think it comes down, you know, and and 
like some of the songs that Alison Chains did on Dirt are something like Rusty Cage from Soundgarden is fucking heavy and brutal and aggressive. I think the thing that sets it apart, and 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 I agree, and there's a clear difference. Like Pantera is definitely metal, and and whatever grunge is, Alison Chains fit into that. Maybe because we've been told, but um, I, I think the thing that set it apart really is guitar solos. Yeah. The drumming. Or maybe even the drumming as well. You know, the, yeah, the last the beats. Vinnie, you know? Yeah, the Vinnie Paul drumming is completely different. Sets it very much apart from, from the from the grunge. Uh, but, I I mean, if you just isolate the guitar riff of Man in the Box and compare it to Walk, they're similar, but Walk has more intensity to it. Yeah, true, yeah. true. But, so it's more, but, as I said earlier, the hardcore thing makes it more yeah. brutal because there's no hardcore in in Soundgarden or or uh, uh, Alice in Chains, although there's a little bit maybe thrashy things in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just bringing that up just to be just to argue the point a little bit because because you know they're all coming around at the same time. They're only separated yeah. by a few things. But but bringing up the drumming is is a very good point. But then, when it comes to image, they were all—I uh, mean, they're all—they're American. They're—they're they're children of their time. I don't know if you have that expression in English, but yep. uh, so, sounds like I a mean, white lion song. <laughs> children, when the children cry. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> children uh, of time isn't children of time a deep. No, purpose? child of child of time is deep purple. Yeah, child of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway. Uh, so they, I mean, the whole shorts and, and shaved head thing uh, that, shaved head for the, the hardcore thing again, but then the yeah. shorts and, and the, that whole thing, all the counter reaction to the classic heavy metal of the 80s, which also was Pantera at one point, as you know, the Bill and Selma whole thing with not wanting to release the or the, the earlier albums and so on. Um, on the other hand, you have Anthrax, I mean, in the mid '80s, there were you know gym, gym shorts and and shit. So I mean,
I just, I just realized today, I had no idea, which shows how much I know that the, the title came from The Exorcist. And I had no idea about that. And, and that's, a movie I, I, that's a movie I remember the first time I saw it. That kind of freaked me out. Especially the uh, Let Jesus Fuck You or Fuck Me Jesus uh, episode with Linda Blair. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah probably, you probably weren't the only one. I had no idea it was from the, from the Exorcist either, to be honest. <laughs> no, no. Is it a line? I mean, of course it's yeah. a line. I mean, where... It's a line there. Um, uh, I think it's... Um, I think it's what... Um, I don't know if she says it or that's much too vulgar a display of power. Oh, okay. No, it's 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 Linda Blair who says it, the girl. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Right. Touching out on Vinnie Paul, um, 
a lot of the focus is on Phil and Dime always when it comes to Pantera, but but Vinnie Paul is um, his drumming is is always spot on. It's amazing. It is. It really is. Did you know? I have to. I have to. I interviewed him at Metal Town 2010 or something with when he was there with Hell Yeah, mm-hmm. and he. Uh, did you know he's done? He's uh, got a cookbook. He's, he's done a cookbook. Yeah, I have a vague memory of that. Yeah. You know what it's called? No. What is it? It's a picture of him. Uh, okay, so it's called "Drumming Up an Appetite," and it's about, it's a picture of him holding chicken legs. Drumsticks. Drumsticks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there and there defines why they're heavy metal, right there. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean. Yeah, okay, a little bit off the subject, but he, uh, interviewing him, realized, I realized how extremely redneck they were. <laughs> it's, uh, well, they were. Three, three of them coming from, um, from Texas, one of them coming from um, New Orleans. You know? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's that it's whole a, southern. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. He would, they, you know, they had the he and Dimebag had that um, uh, clubhouse, the joint, uh, yep. and they had three. I think they, he said three different ones in different cities, oh. and uh, and they found <laughs> uh, a way to to sort of stand out in the strip joint uh, market. And I asked what that was, and he said. Uh, they realized that the Latin men was an untapped market. So <laughs> it, it focused on Latin men. Uh, I people guys from from Central America and so. On. And I asked them, so how how did you attract how did you attract them the Latin guys? The soccer on big screen TVs. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Simple as that. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. That's great. He also told me a story about how um, uh, how Marilyn Manson, getting back to him, Marilyn Manson. Uh, maybe I did this in that in that segment as well. I don't know. But uh, he came to visit once, and uh, he got drunk and went out and and got into a limo and started doing donuts in the parking lot. And and uh, <laughs> so dying back and, and Vinny was just standing there laughing their asses off, going, "Can you re- can?" Do you realize we have Marilyn Mazin doing donuts in a, in a limo in the parking lot right now? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, but he's drumming anyway. His <laughs> drumming is great. It, yeah. it, it's, it's really great. It's stand out on this record. It's stand out on Far Beyond Driven too, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. And then again, you, I mean, you have all those thrash drummers and death metal drummers that are at the time. Uh, that, it, that are extremely good, but there's something about Winnie Paul's coming yep. that sound. Yeah. Yep. Uh, cool um, cat. Cool cat, absolutely.
the singles a little bit too walk you kind of opened up by by talking about walk um their best song of all time you think <clears throat> no no <laughs> far far but I, it, again it's hard to be objective <laughs> not yeah. sure if, I, if it hadn't been played so much if i had thought i, I don't know what my opinion would have been if it hadn't been played so much well, if someone asked you to play a Pantera song, which which one would you play? Which one, apart from Walk, would you play? I would well, play I'm Broken. I'm okay. yeah, yep. that's yeah, that's a good one. But uh, on this album, I would rather go with regular people. Uh, Ooh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, that's one of my favorites. And what else is there? Uh, Fucking Hostile was, was the one that actually, the first one I heard, I think, from from this. Yeah, but... Album. Fuck it. Both of those are deep cuts, man. <laughs> what? But both, both of those are deep cuts. You know. What do you mean? What, what, what is it? A, a deep cut is a is basically a fan only song. You know. No, not, not fucking hostile. Is no, it? Not as not as so much as fucking hostile, but but again, and don't get me wrong here, I love it. You know, I love Mouth of War and I love fucking hostile, but it's it's definitely not a commercial song and it's um oh, true and and it's a very there's it's a very um what's the word it's a very messy very all over the place kind of song i, I love it it's great but if you're not a, if you're not a huge pantera fan you know i think um i think the attraction of that too back in the day was the fact that they said fucking hostile in a, in a, a little bit it was it was a soundtrack to our uh, you know uh, Teenage stage diving piles in the middle of the floor, drinking yeah. beer, sort of thing. Um, but I, I mean, I, I would actually, I'm holding up the record here now and going, the ones I would go for before Walk on this album would be Regular People, uh, Fucking Hostile, Rice, uh, Hollow. Hollow is fantastic.
the whole album is fantastic. Yeah, I know it actually. Yeah, looking at the songs, it's, <laughs> oh, they're all good. But, but then we have Cowboys from Hell, and, and you know the song Cowboys from Hell. You have Cemetery Gates, which yep. is my, if I have to choose one, maybe Cemetery Gates is the one, just because of the screaming. If nothing, I'd, I'd, I'd choose Domination. Yeah. From Cemetery because it's so, but then again, it's it's. I don't think it's that deep a cut, but it's maybe a little bit deeper than Cemetery Gates. Yeah. But what about what about this love? Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, I, it is actually. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I would I would go with that one too. Before I, I, as a as a crafting a song, I think that's that's brilliant. You know, it has yeah. it, it has the not not pop elements, but it has you know. <laughs> popular elements in it that makes it a, a little bit more easy to, to grasp and it's just such a groovy fucking song man and it's heavy as well and the lyrics are really heavy yeah yeah the the, the, the video director who did um um who did that one he the same year he did um he did this love then he did come as you are by nirvana midlife crisis faith no more Oof. He did uh, <clears throat> Lithium, Nirvana, uh, Unsung, Helmet, Everything's Ruined, Faith No More. He did My Busy Name Year. is Brim. What was that he last did, one he did? Uh, sorry? What was that last one? My Name is Prince. Oh, right, okay. He did a lot of cool stuff. And even, like, way back, he started out in 87. He In 88, he did uh, Get It On by Kingdom Come. Uh, who is uh, it? Uh, his name is Kevin Kerslake. Like Lee Kerslake? No, it can't be. He's an, this is an American dude. Uh, but it's the same last name. Yeah, but he's done tons of cool stuff. That's a that's a that's a good year, man. That's a really good wow. year for him. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder how many. Uh, sorry. Yeah. No. Now I wonder how many kids used this love as a reason to like, like playing it for their parents so they can go to the concert, like just yeah. the first few. <laughs> go, this is who I'm going to see. Oh, that sounds nice. You go ahead, son. Yes, <laughs> your friends. Until it, until it hits the lyrics, uh, I'd kill myself for you, but I kill you. For <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not. You're sort of not playing that part. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I remember I, I, um, I, um, I interviewed, I think I interviewed Phil Anselmo twice, once on the phone and once face to face when, um, yeah, when he played with the, uh, the illegals, I think. At, at Minchin Bigadit? No, wasn't that at, uh, the baser, uh, at, uh, Medis? The baser Medis, sorry, the baser Medis, that, yeah, yeah. And as I was, as I was waiting for my turn to interview him, he came walking by. And I was sitting, I was like sitting in the window and he walked by and he said something funny. And then he just hit me on my leg. The thing was that he hit me really, really hard. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. It it was a great interview. It was a fun, it was a fun guy. Yeah. Did you fall down crying? Almost, but it was, it was kind of funny because, you know, you know, he walks past and, you know, he does it for fun, but it was just like a bit too much power. It was just like a lot of force in that hit. 
Like, was it, it a really vulgar? Was, was it a vulgar display of power? It really was a vulgar yeah. display of power. Okay, that it was. How important was this record to metal? Enormously. Again, was it? Yeah. To keep metal alive at the point where, where it was dead. I, I, I think it was enormous. I think this was one of the... This was... Um, yeah. I, I would say alongside Black Album uh, and, and um, at, of, the, of the albums released at this point, 92, 93, 94, and so on. I would say that one and, and a black album and this one is were the most important for metal. Well, 92, I think Faith, Faith No More's Angel Dust had a way bigger impact on, on my life than, than Vulgar Display of Power. As I said earlier, it's, you know, I didn't take notice of Pantera at that time. I love Faith and More, and I loved Faith and More back in 92. Yeah, so me that too. That's one of my favorite album. records, Angel Dust, ever. Yeah, that, that was an album that really meant a lot to me and that I listened to over and over and over again. So Pantera, again, was way later. I remember I was 
I was in school in the U.S. Uh, in the um, in the spring of 1994. And I think, yeah, that's when um, Far Beyond Driven came out. And I remember watching that. Vi- they played that video over and over again on day VH1, mm-hmm. Unbroken. And that I remember, that song had a greater impact on me um, than I think the first couple of times I heard uh, like Walk and, and stuff like that. I feel that song is is way more brutal. There's a different groove to it. Um, it's so, darker. Uh, it is. It is. It is. Mm. It, it, it is darker. Same with Five Minutes Alone and and um, a lot of things off that. However, I think that album went to number one off the back because of Volga of, off the yeah, back exactly. of Volga Despire Power. I think it was Volga Despire Power that that built that in. I think there would have been a lot of people out there that probably got a little bit disappointed with Far Beyond Driven because it was too extreme for them. And yeah. you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. it had um, good friends and a bottle of wine or whatever. That kind of was taking the fucking hostile way of writing to a whole different other level. That's nearly not a song. I enjoy it, but it's it's nearly not a song. But I, I think that song, that album probably – you know, it was a little bit too brutal for a lot of people that bought it because they bought it off the back of of Volgas of Volga Display of Power. I I was disappointed, uh, but one year when you're 15, 16, or two years is a, it's a long time. Yep. Uh, yep. So a lot of things happen, and you, your expectations are are enormous, and they didn't have the same uh, hit feeling. It, it, if it were brutal, I thought it was less brutal, but, you know, looking back at it, I might be wrong about that one, but it wasn't as, it was more mushy. Vulgar <laughs> uh, displays power with the hardcore elements, not mushy as in, in sad or, you know, sentimental. I mean, mushy as in right. unclear. Yeah. The roots yeah. were uh, muddier. And, I mean, it comes to an extreme on Great tr- uh, Southern Trenkle. It's even more of that. However, yeah. Display of Power has that stop and go sort of hardcore feeling to it, which makes it more of a rhythmic, um, yeah, disco friendly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what, one thing I love about this band and this record too, but this band is, is they could go out on the road with, um, with Judas Priest as they did. Yeah. True. I think. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, or they could take Skid Row out on the road, or they can be with Metallica, or they could be or with Slayer. Even Morbid Angel or whatever. Even, even Morbid Angel, and they could hold their own on there. And I, I think, and, and every part I think, Vinny was respected, Dime was absolutely respected by every single person, and Phil was respected, you know, and, and feared by everyone. But that, But they could go out and they would take out someone like Skid Row, you know? Which which was predominantly a little bit more on the on the the glamier you know side, and um, you know, or stunk mojo or something like that, and the brutal thing. I think that's a great thing about this band. But that must have been a a great package to have Pantera and Skid Row because they toured in '92, I think. Uh, so Skid Row had Slave to the Grind, mm. then they had Bulger Display of Power. I think that is a that is a really cool mix. That's that. I mean, Skid Row were at their prime that year. They were really good. Slave to the Grind is, is heavy 
and then you had vulgar display of power. It must have been a really killer show. It it could be, and I could be wrong, but it could have been Pantera, Skid Row, White Zombie. Right. At, at one stage. I know they all toured a lot in between there, but um, they could have been on that same, which would have been an absolute unbelievable bill Yeah, true. Um, around those times. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it was great. Okay, to take us out, Simon. One, one. We'll we'll finish with this song. Um, so, one song off this record that you you really think would it be uh, regular people? That would be your. Oh, I, have your to, I guess I, I have to go with that one. <laughs> uh, and and why? It's. I think it's the the chorus. The, it's the the melodic chorus when it's uh, sort of melodic chorus. I don't know how it becomes melodic, but it is. Um, uh, it's a sort of a catchy uh, chorus with a du- the uh, double keg sort of situation, and then uh, it's still brutal. So I, yeah, it's hard to choose though. And now that I I read Hollow, it, that would definitely have been a, a, a contestant too. Uh, but let's go with regular people. Cool. Good to see you, man. Yeah. yeah you too.